Chapter Nineteen of Mrs. Solomon Smith Looking On by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nineteen: Lumps of Clay. If the wooden horse in question had suddenly been endowed with life and kicked with real earnestness, I am not sure that the face of the gentleman before us could have expressed greater astonishment it was evidently a new experience to be faced with a direct question as to pilgrim's progress and personal crosses i'm afraid i'm not posted he said with an embarrassed laugh oh but i suppose you are posted as to your own crosses with a keen questioning look out of her grey eyes still i suppose people's ideas of crosses might differ for instance what is yours well she said meditatively my crosses are apt to be when i want to do something that the lord thinks i better not i'm dreadful strong-willed naturally and he has to pull me up pretty strict sometimes to keep me from running all awry the gentleman laughed yet his face flushed and it was evident that he both understood and appropriated the definition of crosses then we gave ourselves to the business of the hour we were still standing before the very plain second-hand buggy but when mrs smith signified her readiness to look at wagons she turned away from that one without a second glance that doesn't look the least bit like it she remarked confidently there's no use in wasting time on it the gentleman laughed pleasantly he seemed to have discovered that he had an original character to deal with who was worth studying he remarked that if he only had a photograph of the sort of wagon she wanted he presumed he could suit her in a much shorter time but she paid no other attention to this broad hint that she should particularize than to remark that she would pick it out pretty soon then he could see the real thing which was always better than a picture she must have spent those wakeful hours of night to good purpose for she marched down that long long room gazing with keen eyes on either side of her rejecting some with a glance as too large others as fussy and others still as not looking a bit like the one she meant she asked the price of none of them suddenly she came to a full stop before a little gem of a phaeton what a beauty it was low light delicately finished upholstered in a lovely soft gray which had that singular pinky tint that reminds one of a summer sunset nothing in all that establishment was better suited to lita's refined taste than the phaeton very few i was sure of the simpler ones represented more money yet it was not showy only tasteful of course i was aware that exceedingly well-made tasteful things are more expensive the more quiet they are but did mrs smith know it the proprietor was evidently astonished at her choice he waited before her in respectful silence while the keen-eyed old lady walked around it felt of the cushions examined the lining asked sharp questions about the springs and the axles and in various other ways evinced her knowledge of carriages her questions were answered but no additional information was vouchsafed she was evidently being studied 
what is the very best you could do for me if i was to count you out the money for this in clean new bills the gentleman looked at her looked through her apparently while she steadily returned his gaze with those penetrative grey eyes of hers meantime i had with a sinking heart discovered a card hanging in an obscure corner at the back marked six hundred dollars what would mrs solomon think of that meantime she waited for her answer five hundred dollars he said at last forcing out the words with an explosive sound as if they almost hurt him i remembered afterwards that the wonder as to whether he had found one of his crosses in leaving off that other hundred occurred to me but i had not much time for moralizing i'll take it said mrs smith in a composed tone as she dropped into a chair took out her old-fashioned well-filled pocket-book and began to look over her papers in undoubted and undisguised astonishment the owner of the carriage watched her i was hardly less astonished i promised you clean bills she said glancing up but i reckon you'll have to go to the bank for that i forgot he told me i mustn't carry so much money around the streets i don't see why though people wouldn't be likely to bother an old woman i've got a paper here that he said would do just as well as money it was curious to me to note the change on the face of the man before us the surprised and interested look faded rapidly in its place came one of suspicion an air that said almost as plainly as words could have done oh ho my pious old lady that's your dodge is it i'm acquainted with it but you almost deceived me with your gray eyes then she passed him up the check another lightning-like change of the expressive face it was a bank check and bore the name and firm of earl webster this is as good as the cleanest bills you could bring he said with great heartiness and immediately the minor arrangements connected with the sale were entered into checks is interesting things said mrs solomon with a satisfied air she still occupied the seat into which she had dropped when she made her decision and her mind though alert enough for the business at hand was still wandering off into other channels of thought i could see it in her eyes i never had much to do with em she continued it didn't seem to me that a piece of paper could be as good as the money a promise to pay earl said it was but they don't know me nor solomon i told him says i if they knew solomon i could understand how a promise to pay would be all right for everybody believes solomon i'll fix it says he they know me where you are going and he got out his bank book and wrote this paper and the first thing you say when you look at it is it's as good as the gold ain't that interesting now makes me think right away of my master suppose i get up to the gates of heaven the angels don't know me never heard of me most likely but i hand them my check signed by the lord jesus christ ha says the angel i know him and the gates swing open i tell you what it is sir we want to look out for it that we have a right to use his name don't we 
the gentleman was visibly embarrassed and at the same time singularly moved he drew out his handkerchief suddenly and coughed and made vigorous use of it about his face for a moment and said in an apologetic aside to me i had a good old mother once i hope you've made sure of living with her by and by it was mrs smith who spoke the words in a quiet matter-of-fact indeed i might say business-like tone then she gave herself fully to the business of managing in the best manner about the homecoming of her carriage looked after her receipt and attended to all the details in a thoroughly business way it was evident that the man's respect for her increased every moment as for me i went home a good deal bewildered solomon smith's bank account must be much larger than people in his vicinity had ever imagined i hinted of the feeling to his wife and she answered me with a satisfied air to the effect that being content with spring wagons in a place where a spring wagon would do just as well as any had put them in a way to give a comfortable little carriage now and then to folks who needed which was a way of disposing of the entire subject of giving and receiving that it struck me would be more novel than agreeable to many what a nice little wedding it was not of the common sort at all not in the least like the one that laura and i had come to attend in fact i think all the details might have been said to be unique nothing of the sadness which usually hovers in the background of marriages where one party is an invalid was apparent as a rule in such cases the shadow of an approaching separation that shall last as long as life is upon the company with us the shadow had been and was lifted lida was steadily progressing toward renewed health indeed she had almost no drawbacks from the first even the sense of parting from the old ties the going out from the childhood home which had been strung on the mother at least before had lost its sting they had so nearly parted from her for the grave that to be making preparations for her to go to the sunny southland for a few weeks and to look forward to her speedy return in health had in it nothing but joy so we were very joyful at the wedding an exceedingly subdued joy however each member of the company was on the alert to do and say that which would least fatigue and excite the bride truth to tell however she appeared the quietest and calmest of the group her face pale it is true but wonderfully reposeful her eyes bright but with a steady rather than a fitful joy there had been no rehearsals of the ceremony though the position of each participant was as unlike as possible to the usual one lida's voice when she pronounced at last the irrevocable i do was as calm and self-controlled as though it was merely an outward form of what had been done long ago it was irving's face that paled and his form that trembled as the minister spoke those solemn words until death do you part death had so nearly parted them he had hardly yet stepped shiveringly from the brink of the chasm still he controlled himself and gave a swift anxious look down at the wife whose hand he clasped excitement would tell heavily on her strength 
she smiled back a reassuring answer but his whole mind was presently absorbed in getting her comfortably settled on her sofa and the bright-hued silk afghan thrown over her then lying there like a princess with a delicate pink beginning to flush her cheeks we came up one by one and kissed her bless the child said auntie smith bustling about she is getting red cheeks now a little bit too red we better slip away and leave her and her husband to a little quiet then her cheeks flamed it was the first time she had heard the new name the feast was spread in an adjoining room the doctor forbidding the invalid to descend the stairs and even according a reluctant consent to her joining us with the coffee and cream this too was utterly unlike the regulation wedding fare a substantial midday meal with plenty of wedding cake and ices to be sure but by no means confined to these ephemeral dishes lida's doctor had become something more than a professional friend we had seen so much of him and he had been so constant and persistent in his efforts even after his hopes of saving his patient were faint that every member of the family had come to look on him as a friend the frail little patient had evidently won a large place in his heart he watched over her with almost fatherly care and became peremptory even savage toward those who seemed to him to plan anything contrary to her best interests there is just about as much strength there as there is in a cobweb he said sharply to irving it is spunk not strength that keeps her up young man you must remember that and look out for her with the greatest care spunk will do a good deal but somebody has to be behind it that has common sense to see that it isn't carried too far whereupon lida laughed she had lost all fear of the grave and reticent doctor truth to tell he had laid aside much of his professional reticence though he was still grave enough the doctor doesn't give me credit for a bit of common sense irving she said gaily only spunk you needn't put the only before that word he said quickly if it had not been for that you would have slipped away from us sure then a sweet gravity as new as it was fascinating came into lida's face as she gently shook her head it was not that which brought me back to life doctor no said the doctor that's true it was good nursing your aunt here is to have credit if you succeed in being a credit to us i've seen a good deal of nursing in my day but i must say this went a little ahead i tell you what it is madame if you want to stay in the city i can keep you employed without the slightest trouble young man you have her to thank for your bride to-day irving turned an eager grateful face toward mrs smith but she was looking at lida and the two exchanged fond smiles that said how well they understood each other and how far from the truth the doctor was i guess we all did the best we could the old lady said fixing earnest eyes on his face but the fact is there was a greater than even you in that sick-room doctor 
the lord touched her with his hand of power as surely as he ever touched simon's mother-in-law that time when simon had the sense to go to prayer meeting and bring jesus home with him instead of moping at home because his folks was sick everybody laughed the doctor with the rest but his sharp eyes had a sarcastic gleam in them as he said that is a very comfortable kind of faith hold on to it by all means at the same time i wouldn't have given a row of pins for mrs irving leonard's life if you hadn't hung over her for about twenty-four hours without giving yourself time to eat or sleep or even think you're mistaken there she said triumphantly i thought all the time and prayed every minute i don't suppose the lord had that child out of his thoughts once during that day and night i didn't give him a chance this sentence seemed to amuse the doctor again he laughed outright but added immediately well all i can say is the lord chose excellent help to carry out his designs of course he did why shouldn't he when he knows all about the ends as well as the beginnings of things that's the reason he chose you don't you suppose he knew what he was about when he gave you your education and set you to doctoring the people and gave you a special talent for studying out what to do i don't think he ever makes a mistake with his means any more than he did when he was on earth only wouldn't it have been a queer thing if the lump of clay that he put on the eyes of that blind man had started up and said aha see what i can do i gave that blind man his sight i tell you what it is the lumps of clay that he uses nowadays to help have got tongues and are everlastingly taking the praise to themselves it's one of the marks of his great patience that he bears it so well but i don't want to be one of them doctor i did the best i could because i loved the child and because my feet and hands and brain belong to him anyhow and i'm bound to do the best i can with his tools wherever he sends me to work but as for claiming the honor why dear me i wouldn't dare to do it it's honor enough for a lifetime to be used sometimes doctor i'm dreadful afraid that you don't know anything about the joy of being used by him it was an aside sentence intended only for the doctor's ears standing near him as i was i heard it and saw the sudden flush that mounted to his forehead and noted the sudden huskiness of his voice as he said i wish i did madame i wish i did mamma said laura as we packed one of the southern bound trunks together late that evening she is certainly very different before she was so excited and nervous that it was almost impossible to do anything to please her but she has been just as sweet as a snowdrop all through this trying time there is a great difference but oh dear me i know it won't last it really seemed as though laura was waiting with a sort of feverish anxiety for lita to make a failure of it in order that she might be justified in remaining as she was it was evident that mrs smith had the same thought she turned from the closet where she was folding clothes for the trunk and looked with those grave eyes of hers full at laura who seemed to have forgotten that she was in the room child she said the utmost earnestness in voice and manner 
whether that poor little girl downstairs makes out to live the sort of life you think she ought to or not don't you think jesus christ lived it now there's one thing i want to know did he ever say to you take Lita smith for your pattern and if she fails you are justified End of chapter 19